This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we look at the Super 2 Championship and speak with the winning driver, Kai Allen, and also the winning team owner, Rachel Eccleson. Always wanted to be the um, Super 2 champion, along with a lot of my, you know. But yeah, it was uh, it was quite cool to get, get that done. His family uh, are awesome and his parents have, you know, brought him up beautifully. It's our Super 2 wrap here on Inside Supercars, and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, and we're joined by a woman who had an enjoyable weekend in Adelaide for a whole bunch of different reasons, Rachel Eggleston of Eggleston Motorsport. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me. And you're back on the show because uh, you've had more success um, in the Super 2 season in that Kai Allen picked up your fourth drivers and fourth team team championship. Is that correct? Well, in Super 2, we've only won the one, believe it or not, which is a bit scary. But we haven't uh, – we've had a bit of a drought there for nine years, it's been. We were the uh, runner-up for a while and should have won there for a few years after with PD, but we have not won one since 2014. So it's been a very, very long time between drinks. Oh, I, I was under the impression that you'd won a number of times before. Paul Umbrell's won two titles – both of them driving for you, didn't he? He won only one with us in 2014. He won it twice. So he won it when he was a bit younger, when he first started. Um, but that was well before we had we had got into the into the category. So yeah, only the once, believe it or not. But um, we've been close many times before. And of course, he won it with Marty Brandt and Independent Race Cars. Yeah, that would have been yeah in his early days when he was a. A young one, probably even the same age or younger than Kai, I think, when he won his first one. Yeah, indeed, because I think he had for many years one of the uh, records of being the youngest uh, that down at Simmons Plains he had a start uh, in the series. Anyway, let's talk about your weekend. Kai Allen, I actually joked with him that um, it seems as though being fast in Super 3 doesn't really pay off because uh, Cam McLeod clearly was the category of favourite in that one because he won eight of the 12 races, I think. Yeah, it's a tricky one because I think in Super 3, um, as we saw, when the numbers are lower, you really can't afford not to finish finish a race. And that's um, obviously what happened to us last year with Kai in that last race at Adelaide. And similar similar type of situation happened with Cam McLeod. No matter how fast he was, um, he had a couple of DNFs at Sandown and that really spelled the end for him, unfortunately. Kai Allen, I first met him as a 14-year-old. When did he first come onto the radar of Eggleston Motorsport? Um, it was at the start, or sorry, the end of um, what would it be, end of twenty one, I guess, um, that we first got introduced to Kai. Um, Brody Kostecki is obviously a very good friend of ours. Um, he gave us a ring and said, "Hey, there's this Kai kid. I've been doing some work with." Um, up at Norwell, and he's going to be the next big thing. He's the real deal. 
we need to somehow get him in with you guys. Um, and obviously he'd been doing a lot of work up at Norwell with Paul Morris as well, and Paul spoke extremely highly of him, everybody did. Um, and so that's kind of where it all started. And he'd only just been – he'd only just started doing um, – Tin top racing full stop. Obviously, at, at his age, he'd come out of carts. He'd been doing a bit of Excel and then done three 86 races. I think we kept an eye on him that year. Um, he started in July of um, 21 at Townsville in the in the 86, and we kind of kept our eye on him for the rest of that year. And then um, started talking with him and his family more seriously about doing a Super Three campaign. And um, the rest is history. So he was. Um, obviously very young at the time. He was 15 when he was doing all that. So when we first started talking and did our deal with him, he was only 15. He's a delightful young man. He has uh, doesn't have tickets on himself. He's quite delightful in the way in which he approaches even talking to the media. He uh, he's, he's unassuming, but there is a confidence about him, isn't there, that is, is quite assuring, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he... I think too, you know, he the family is quite a big sporting family. Um, his sisters are in professional sport. They've all been in at some level of professional sport for most of their life. So I think um, his family are, are awesome and his parents have, you know, brought him up beautifully. And I think they've just, you know, they're very mindful too, um, you know, have how you come across. And it's just been the way they, they all operate. And he is. He's a, he's a great operator. For someone his age that's only you know, not long 18, um, he's been in a lot of high-pressure high situations and he just handles himself so well. He, um, <clears throat> yeah, he's confident. He's confident, but he's certainly not arrogant at all. And he does. He comes across beautifully. And, and the way he deals with us, deals with the engineers, the mechanics, everybody, it's, it is very, very professional. And he, he doesn't get in a flap. He doesn't get upset. He just, he's very level-headed. He knows what happens, you know, like we had an uh, issue on the first practice on the Thursday with the power steering pump. You know, nothing anybody could have done about it. It just was one of those things. But he doesn't he doesn't let it um, affect him in any way. He just pulls his socks up, gets on with it and does the job. So he's, um, yeah, he's definitely going to go far. When I spoke to him shortly after I'd actually met his parents for the first time, although I had met his father at the CAMS Award some four or five years ago, um, but when I uh, was speaking to Kai, he suggested to me that he hadn't yet got his plans locked in for 2024. Um, have Is there any possibility he could be back with you? Yes, absolutely. Um, that's kind of where we're all at at the moment. And that's probably been a part of the big the big picture plan anyway. Um, at this stage, yeah, the 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 plan is that he would um, do another year of Super Two next year, uh, and then everybody's goal is that he will be in main series in twenty twenty five. And certainly, when you look back at uh, the Bathurst, and of course you were busy with him in the Super Twos. Um, when you look back at uh, his debut in the uh, main game in the 1,000K race with Simona, and I, I really think that he couldn't have actually had a better tutor in uh, in Simona because she's an obvious motorsport professional. She doesn't have any delusions that she's going to be getting back to the main series tomorrow, but at the same time she brings that knowledge that he uh, he desperately would have been sucking up everything. Yeah, absolutely, and I think he was very vocal in how much he enjoyed um, working with her on that same approach. Um, as you say, she wasn't there to try and make a name for herself or put herself up in lights. Um, 
she's just a professional. She goes about her business and he's very much the same. So I think they got along really, really well. Um, and, yeah, he did. He did a great job, um, brought it home, didn't make any, you know, big mistakes. And I think that was his that was his intention to get to the end of the race and it's just a whole lot of experience now under his belt um, looking ahead to 24. We are in the process of planning for 2024. I mean, obviously it's going to be a very different year for the uh, Dunlop series because uh, to start with there's no Newcastle. I actually think that um, both the main series and the development series and the Super 3s all did a fantastic job. There were very few major crashes because it's a very tight track and very difficult to uh, uh, get around at speed. Yeah, look, I think to be honest, um, not just Newcastle specifically, but just every circuit this year, I think the driving standard has actually been awesome. The racing in the Super 2 and Super 3 series this year has probably been some of the best we've seen in a long time. Um, I, you know, to, to even have a race at Adelaide on the weekend, the second race without a safety car or, you know, any major kind of incidents, I think, um, is, you know, is incredible for the series. So, it's um, I reckon it's been a fantastic year, so entertaining. I know the crowds were absolutely loving it on the weekend. Um, maybe uh, the families and the team managers not so much, which gets a bit nerve wracking at times. But um, from a crowd perspective, I think it's been it's been one of the best years yet for sure. Rachel, the couple of changes made this year, particularly the timed races. How did you look at those changes? Because I, I know you're all consulted about it. And what does that mean for the business model when you have that sort of a surety? Um, yeah, I think it's a great thing. It just, we, we felt beforehand, and some drivers even admitted this, that they raced from safety car to safety car. And so what would happen is, you know, you always knew after one safety car, you got to try and they would all try and get as many positions as they, ca- they could as quickly as they possibly could. Um, and in turn, obviously, that had an adverse effect, really, and created the next safety car. So it was just the mentality of it um, kind of created the situation. And ever since we changed the forty-minute race, I think it's made it's made a massive difference. It lets them it it gives them more time to settle in, um, and it's definitely. I think a combination of a few things, but I but I think it's definitely had a positive uh, positive impact on. Um, yeah, the safety car laps and the damage rate and everything else. Um, and, yeah, it's put on a great show. If you if you get a full 40-minute race, it's a long time. And some of the drivers realise that. But they also, a lot of them are wanting to get into a position where they're a co-driver at the Enduros. And so they need to be able to do longer stints in the car um, with ease. So it's it's getting them, at the, at the end of the day, this is all about preparing them for hopefully them having a career in the main series. And that's what, why we have to, you know, we have to consider all those things when we're doing um, the track format. And one of the other things I'm interested in your perspective on is the Super 2, Super 3 still being together. We have seen, particularly the last two years, with uh, Kai, of course, they have been so fast, they've been getting into the middle of the Super 2 pack. Is that a concern that they are still together and is it something you'd like to eventually see they go back to standalone races in the weekend of events? Yeah, it's a hard one. I just don't think um, at the level of what we're racing at on those those events, you know, there's just not enough cars to separate them really. Like we're seeing only now at the moment there's only five 
five Super 3 cars um, on a regular basis. So it's it's a tricky one. And, and if you look at it this year, I think a lot of the people that were doing Super 3 are going to be stepping up to Super 2. So whether we're going to see more people come into Super 3, are those people going to phase out? Are those cars going to phase out? How How is that going to work? Will be a bit of an interesting one, I feel, um, moving forward. I still see it's got a it's got a purpose, um, but I just don't know how many people are going to be coming in. You know, we we used to have there was a few gentleman drivers there that would have that w- you know the last couple of years, not so much this year, um, but that were doing the Super Three um, series as well. But I think the level of which we race at now, the circuits we go to, the professionalism, all that stuff. It got a little bit far beyond some of those guys. They didn't quite want that, you know, that level of seriousness. They were more going to enjoy themselves, a bit of a bucket list thing. Um, so it will be interesting to see how um, how it goes. Look, I think for people like Kai and Cam McLeod and these type of guys who are, who were able to push into the Super 2 field, hey, it got their name up in lights. It, it got them, you know, really noticed. Um and because they had that benchmark of the Super 2 cards, had they not have had that, um, would they have been recognised as highly as they are? Or I'm not so sure. So, yeah, I think it will be very interesting to see how that um, how that plays out over the next year or so. Of course, Rachel, as part of your plans for 2024, there's some months to go before you actually have to hit the track and start uh, testing these young guys. Give us an idea about the size of the inventory at Eggleston Motorsport. You've been in GTs for some years. Um, tell us about how many cars you've currently got in your stock. Oh, I'm too frightened to count, to be honest. There's a lot of cars down there. <laughs> um, some, Most of which, I mean, there's a lot of them that we we do own. So we've obviously got out Super 2 cars. Um, we've still got the cars that we used or some of them that we used for Super 2, um, our, like our VFs that we had used um, the last four or five years prior. Um, we're in the process. We've sold one of those, which was our championship winner. One, one, Another one, we've got some Red Bull cars. We've got a lot of Holden, very, very cool Holden Racing Team cars here. Um, that's probably where Ben's passion lies in terms of a history perspective. Um, we've got a lot of – we've got some customer cars in here too, GT cars. We've got – oh, what have we got? We've still got an Aston Martin in here, a couple of Porsches. There's a big variety in here at the moment. Not much room, but lots of cars. And the GT Championship, I mean, GT3 is becoming more and more competitive, as is the start of GT4. When would you uh, looking to join that series again? Look, to be honest, we're probably just keeping our focus on on the Super 2 stuff at the moment, combined with all the restoration, the old supercar restoration work that we do and our customer work. We're pretty tapped out um, from a time perspective at the moment. So, you know, adding a whole other series to the repertoire, which is, you know, another six, seven rounds plus test days, it just gets it just gets a lot. So we've, we've just decided for the time being we're just going to focus on one series at a time um, and try and get some of our other projects done because if we don't get these restos going, they'll be sitting here for another five years again um, and we're churning out some pretty cool ones at the moment. So, yeah, we want to get some projects finished and then in the future we might look into some other categories down the line. But, um, yeah, focused on Super 2 and our restorations projects at the moment. I understood you mentioned earlier that you didn't go to the gala because there's uh, only an invitation for the actual drivers who've won. Yeah, that was a bit of a – probably a bit of a shame. Um, We've traditionally only – 
goal. We've gone a couple of times in the past, and it was when we knew we were going to get an award um, when we won the championship, and then we had Will Brown with the Mike Cable Young Gun and things like that. But, yeah, unfortunately, um, through their own internal reasons, um, yeah, it wasn't an open invitation to Super 2 teams or Super 3 teams this year. So it was just the um, just the winners, um, and they could take two people with them. Um, and obviously we didn't know who that was going to be before the weekend, but, um, you know, Ben and I were pretty um, solid that we, we wanted um, Kai to Kai's parents to go with him. I think that was a really important family moment for them. Um, we got out, you know, we, we had the presentation in the pit lane and everything and with the team and we had our own, we have our own dinner and drinks for all our crew and drivers on the Sunday night as a bit of a thank you to everybody and celebrate our year as a group together. So, that's okay. I got videos of it, whether I was meant to or not, but I've got videos of him getting up and doing his speech and all that kind of stuff. So at least I still got to see it in some capacity, um, but just so thrilled for for them as a whole family to be able to experience that together. Indeed, and it was a wonderful moment. Uh, I, like yourself, uh, have been to galas in the past. I went for far too many of them, I suppose. Um, but one of the magic moments I was able to, I met uh, Jason and Nicola uh, at the podium and invited them to come to the press conference along with Pete Gazard and a few of his other support group. Uh, it was terrific that they were able to see because his, uh, Kai is such a delightful, self-assured young man and, uh, yeah, he, he performs and behaves extremely well. That was terrific to, to be able to get them uh, come to that press conference. But, Rachel, enjoy your summer break and your couple of kids. Uh, I'm sure that they'll keep you busy enough as it is without running a race team. I think they'll just be happy to see their parents for some uninterrupted time. And we just, you know, we've got our real family, our children, but we've also got our racing family. And so our... Our lives are torn between the two and we're, we've got all our children at the racetrack, we call them, our racing family, um, and then we come home to our real kids. So I think, yeah, they're looking forward to just having mum and dad hang out for a while and not have to go to a race meeting and not have to go to work every day and all that stuff. So we are, yeah, genuinely really, really looking forward to some downtime because we don't get much during the year. Um, we save our save our holidays for Christmas time, so it'll be great. Enjoy it all, Rachel Eggleston on Eggleston Motorsport. Thank you for joining us again on Inside Supercars. We look forward to catching up with the racetracker in the near future. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.